of the Two Idiots Podcast. My name is Matt Little Dick Traxel. And I'm Ryan Horsemoney Johnson. Show me that, 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 show me that rim. I think we should, we should just review Nick Cage movies. <laughs> that, that is a new segment. We just spend an hour reviewing Nick Cage movies. I would love it. I don't think it would take an hour. Is there anything you want to talk about? I have some topics, but I'll, I'll let you go first. If there's anything pressing yeah. in Ryan's brain. Right. Yeah, I've got... Oh, man. Um, I think what I would like... I have nothing to talk about. You have nothing to talk about? No. Um, not really. I mean... <clears throat> so, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I want to get into something. I want to... I don't know. I, I've been... Um, don't look at the TV. You're too distracted. I've been thinking about <laughs> a lot of things. All right. And if you could name one of them, that would be great. I can't. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you, you honestly got, you have nothing. Me. I didn't. That I was didn't. all I nothing. Kept, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. All right. <clears throat> so we'll just go with the segment of what recently annoyed me that happened on NPR. Oh. Um, sure. God, uh, NPR is terrible. NPR is terrible. So, you guys know about the the killings in Georgia at at the salons or the spas? Yeah, yep. Um, well, NPR is spinning it. So, they kept having on all these Asian pundits talking about all the Asian hate crime that's been happening. Yeah, yeah. And how that was an Asian hate crime. Okay. And then literally the next NPR report said um, it's reported not to be a, a hate crime against Asians. Yeah, he was like a sex addict or something. Yeah, and, and then I was also like, well, what, what what population of salons are mostly staffed by Asians? Because I know here in uh, Iowa... Sampling. It's a huge majority. 100%. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's not it's not 100, but it's really close to 100%. Probably 1,000%, yeah. 100 million percent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but I was like, that... And also, he even... I remember they even quoted the killer as saying it wasn't race-related. Like, he even said that. And then NPR started spinning this tale uh, about how the reason he did it is because Americans blame Asians for the coronavirus. Yeah. And I was like, I have never heard this before. Right. Is this really a thing? Uh, I like, maybe there's, you know, a small percentage of idiots who think that right. Asians in general are responsible for the coronavirus. Mm. But, like, I don't even think China specifically is responsible. I don't think anyone made it. Like, maybe they could be culpable for not sharing enough information in advance, but that also could just have been human error. Like, it's not... And even if it was China's fault, it doesn't mean that it is a race of people's fault. Like, it's just... Right. It's it's like... And they started comparing it to the increased attacks against um, Muslims uh, and people who are Middle Eastern after 9-11 and stuff like that. Um, NPR is deceiving because <clears throat> they're very... Anyway, let me keep going. Okay. Because, and although there were more attacks to Indians um, and Muslims after 9-11, it wasn't a huge amount. It was an, it was an increase. Muslims, yeah. And that's not okay, right? Mm. I'm not for that. Mm. But it's not, like, it's not like a huge swath of the U.S. population. Right. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm kind of curious about this now. I started looking into, is there actually more anti-Asian hate crime in the U.S. I was yeah. like, is this a real thing? Yeah. And I looked it up, and um, I couldn't find anything. And then there was a CNN article saying why the crime statistics don't actually show the hate crime against Asians. And I was like, what? 
Yeah, why would so CNN? So there's no statistics to back this, but they're just saying there actually is increased hate crime. What what idiots equate like? I, I hate the fact that just because there's 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 always a handful of dumb people who believe something. The Earth is flat. The Earth is hollow. Yeah. The Moon doesn't exist. Like yeah. I don't believe any of those. Name a crazy conspiracy theory. There's going to be an idiot that believes it. That doesn't mean that those have any credence. Right. Doesn't mean it's something we should worry about. Right. And so if like if a dozen people blame Asians for the coronavirus or even a right. hundred or thousand, it's like that doesn't mean it's a huge deal. Right. And there's no up uptick in crime. It just they, they were like spinning this whole story about why there is now increased violence against right. Asians in right. this country because of this thing that I had never heard before. And right. from doing a little bit of research isn't actually real. Right. It just made me well, angry. It's like Okay, NPR. Like the thing is, is you're spending so much time on this when you really could be talking about, you know, reptilian, you know, overlords. Yeah, how, how Trump's trying to save all the children from the or that or that liberal I mean, pedophiles. I, but like, prioritize, please. Okay, the, you know, you've either you've got this race of of people that are. Um, you know, in the government, and, and they're not really people. They're are you going to actually contribute? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think this kind of started with AOC when, <clears throat> like, I, I can't, so here's my issue, is I can't keep track of anything anymore. Like, it's, it's like, because I can read a headline about it, it means it's news, and it's worthy of my attention, is very deceiving to me. Like, I think we need to find a medium, like, there's layers of mediums, right? There's, like, a headline is one thing. Like, okay, a headline, yeah. There's a specific place where that exists. But then there's, like, AOC said something or Ted Cruz said something. That's not a headline. Like, that is, that's something else. But um, for me, this this kind of started when, beginning of the pandemic, AOC was like, you need to go to, like, people aren't going to Chinese restaurants because of racism. And it was like, huh? Like, I don't, you you mean maybe didn't this... didn't Elizabeth Warren also go to Chinatown or something? Maybe like shortly after the virus was found, talking about how there's a lot of racism or something. Whatever, yeah. And then that whole area was shut down two weeks later in quarantine. Was it? Yeah, um, I think it was in San Francisco or something. Probably. That, that was as long I, that could be wrong. It was a long time ago, but I remember something like that happening. Okay, I don't I don't know. Like it, it's it's tricky because yes, you have people who are like, oh, I'm <laughs> I'm upset because there's this. You know, race of people that I'm associating with this pandemic, but in reality, if you think about it, like it's really like a handful. If there's any, if there's anyone to blame, it's a handful of uh, communist party leaders that just didn't want to make a panic. If there's anyone to blame, it's the leaders of our own country. That's also true. Because I mean, every country in the world has been infected almost. Like I don't know of any areas that don't have any infection. So, I mean. If China had done everything possible, could they have stopped it? Probably not. Considering the level of asymptomatic people, right. this was going to spread regardless. Right. And, and the thing is, is that even so, I had a, I had a conversation uh, with uh, with somebody that was like, we were talking about the the Chinese are upset with how their government handled it. There's a documentary Frontline PBS uh, had on um, this guy who took his dad to the hospital because he was, you know, for whatever, and he contracted coronavirus, and um, he died. His dad died. <clears throat> and then you have staff in the in tons of hospitals in China, in a certain province, 
that were like, we're seeing a respiratory disease and it is infecting staff. So it is airborne. There's community transmission. Um, we need masks. We want PPE. And China was like, the, the, the province leaders were like, no, we're not going to give that to you. And you know what? Don't talk about this. Like, and it's just like, and then, and then even before, I think in November, they put up like a memorial to the people, the frontline workers who died. They put up a memorial to like the fight against COVID and it got like vandalized. And like, people were like, you, you did this. Like, this is a mess. And the thing that annoyed me, I think, is that they wouldn't let anyone, <coughs> you couldn't, f- this, and this is, I think this is, this is the thing, is it, was this on Twitter or was this a headline? I, I'm getting confused. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's hard to keep it straight it, if it's is old. It, is, were there actually people flying from Wuhan out of the country? But there, so there was no intra-travel within China, but there was inter-travel from China to elsewhere in the world. Was, I don't know if that's correct or not. I don't either. Okay. I mean, if I remember mm. right, the they didn't really shut down travel until well into 2020. Right. Because it, if I remember right, the WHO was still saying it was animal to human, not human to human. Mm-hmm. I remember that being a thing mm. um, that the WHO was talking about. Because that's what they heard from China, mm-hmm. right or wrong. You know, um, clearly they had evidence otherwise. And I mean, regardless, it, it, it has nothing to do with, with you know, a race of people. Right. Like, if, if, if one white guy, you know, goes and shoots up a bunch of spas. I'm not going to assume that every other white guy I know is going to do that. It's, yeah. it's, there are sociopaths who do that shit. Right. Um, but, and, and I also think that, that when you turn everything like this into some sort of hate crime, when those hate crimes actually do happen, I think they have less of an impact on people because they hear about them all the time. So if there actually was, hate killings of Asians that was racially motivated right. and they talk about it now, people are going to be like, ah, yeah, those are happening all the time now. It's, it's not going to have the same impact. Right. It's not going to mean, it's just like school shootings. Right. They happen so much, they don't have the same level of impact, which is awful, but that's just kind of how humans brain work because we can't, we can't handle that much information at once. There's only so much we can care about. Right. Um, I, it, it just frustrated me. I, and there was also like, another thing that happened on NPR is they had on the specialist in in diseases talking about how like all of the studies about how survivable COVID is on services were grossly exaggerated. He's like they were having the absolute perfect conditions for the virus to survive in. Okay. It was the right temperature. It was the right type of surface. You know, it was the right type of airflow. All these things were perfectly controlled for to see how long it could live. Mm-hmm. And they're like in any sort of normal non ideal situation, it barely can survive at all. Oh, and then. So this guy talked and he's like, you know, it's 99% air, airborne transmission. If you get if you get it from a surface, it's rare. You're considered it in okay. the rare category. Okay. And then directly after that, they're like, the WHO reports, they now think that the cause of the coronavirus was from packaged meat that was received in China. Yeah. Remember hearing about that, where that was a theory for a while? Yep. And like, oh, it might have come from the U.S., which is like, what the... F-? They literally just had a special song talking about how this isn't possible. Now... Frozen meat right. for who knows how long right. went across the world and that infected right, all right, these right, people. Right, right. But but now they're talking about how it, it was actually on these... It wasn't at the market. They actually have farms that grow these wild animals and breed them. Uh, and they think that's where it came from. Because they, they have these farms that breed pangolins, breed bats, breed whatever, and then yeah. they take them to the market. Yeah. 
Um, and those things were actually paid for by the Chinese government to help feed people in the villages and stuff. And now they're looking to change that, which makes sense. In fact, right after it happened, the Chinese government sent out all these instructions on how to properly dispose of all their animals and like funding and money and stuff. Um, so clearly they, they kind of had an idea, but I don't know. Just like the, the NPR hypocrisy in general, how they can just run two stories totally counter to all the shit yep. they're saying. It's like they don't even know what they're communicating to people. Well, so I would say that that also like to, to argue a little bit against that is like, you know, Fox Fox would never run something. I mean, like ideally, they would never run something that two stories that contradicted each other, right? Because that would go against their narrative. Yeah. Now, if I would expect an actual news source to publish something, two things, two different articles that could contradict each other, um, it doesn't. It, it, it goes. This is information. We're giving it to you. But you know? but yeah, but at least a comment. Maybe yeah. You know. Because literally, it's like they had a specialist on for thirty minutes in an interview talking about how it's not surface transmission. Right. Immediately transitioned to a story about how the WHO says it's surface transmission from packaged meat, potentially from the U.S. Right. Um, and then there was a guy. Some uh, <laughs> he is a member of the WHO, um, like very, very tangentially related to them. Um, but I mean, he's a scientist that has like some kind of certification, WHO like connections and, um, was like, yeah, he's like, this virus was, uh, was ready made for, um, human transmissibility. Like this is, this is something that like it, the whole, um, wet market, that story contradicts the data. Um, and even China denies the wet market. Like, that's why they opened it up immediately, almost like, what, like mid-pandemic, they opened it back up because they had everything under control. Yeah, they did. And um, he's like, the initial cases that showed up in the hospitals that they didn't know what it was were like, were you at the wet market? No, don't go there. Never been there. Like, oh, so this initial cluster hadn't been to the wet market. Um, Do you know anyone who goes to the wet market? No. And, of course, this is all like, you know, reporting obviously they hadn't done any analysis yet but it's just people coming in getting sick or with symptoms and um he's like this virologist said yeah this this um he's like the lab the lab theory i think it checks out because this uh virus just too quickly became trans community transmissible like it was just like it appeared and all of a sudden it's a pandemic it, that that typically doesn't happen. You maybe have an outbreak, something that's like, and, and, and you know it, we're seeing it change right now in the news and all that. But like, this is not. He essentially just said, yeah, this seems like something that was ready made for, it, and not necessarily that it was a bioweapon or anything, but that it just it might have got out of a lab, and they were working on it, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is in, this is in people now. All of a sudden, like it usually has a different path of you know, evolution. And he's like, it, that this didn't happen in that case. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's anything's possible. Yeah. Like, I, the thing is, is when it gets to like, you get into analysis paralysis, like I, I get, I'll spend an hour plus watching some kind of like theory about what, and it's like, I, can I just, I need to feed my family. But like the, I need to go to work. The thing I'm curious about is what, what type of person Let's say China did produce the virus. Yeah. Right. They did produce it. And just because of like, you know, bad laboratory standards, it escaped. Yeah. 
Would you hold a random Asian responsible for that? Oh, no. I guess we're going back to that. Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, just go back to, like... Right. It's just, like, maybe... And could you blame a worker in the lab for just being careless? I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's people at the head of the government. It's people maybe at the head of the lab. You wouldn't hold just, I don't know that it just, it just upset me because I don't think people work that way who think correctly. And, and I think we focus way too much on the, let's say 5%. Mm -hmm. And I think that's high. The 5% of people in this country who actually have that crazy conspiratory thinking like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, the, it's some, we're not, we're not, ready-made people we are not people that are ready-made to digest data we, we are pattern seeking um we're not made for the 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 ecosystem of information that we currently have we're not made for it i'm made to hear stories like i'm made to make connections i need i need i need motivations behind what i'm hearing and like um i think i i hear that you know i hear that this virus came from china I go, okay, uh, I'm angry at Chinese people. Well, no, you shouldn't. Like, that's not, it, it just, you know, why don't you, why aren't you angry at pangolins? Yeah. You know, why don't you get pissed off at, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, why aren't you it, angry at viruses? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, and then, <sighs> but then there's, then there's the news sources that are like, well, making 1% of 1% of people seem like all Americans. And yeah. that, that is, that's just as bad. Like yeah. that, that's insanity to like do a, essentially the same, like, oh, uh, well, you know, th- there's a few, there's a few, you know, this, this, uh, this came out of Asia. So I'm going to hate all Asian people. Well, then you go, oh, this is, uh, you know, Americans, there are some hate crimes. So all Americans, or we've got a problem in America with like, the, the uh. NPR had on a fucking historian who studied like the Japanese internment camps in the U.S. during World War II. Mm. Like somehow that relates to this, right? It, I don't know that. That just kind of blew my mind that they were going so extreme. Did we have internment camps whole, in the U.S.? Yeah, we Japanese citizens. They could have been Japanese born. We would put them in prison yeah. during World War II. Right. Clearly fucked up. Absolutely fucked up. Yeah. You know, complete violation of rights, absolutely a wrong thing to do. Right. But they did it, and right. that that was a big deal. But right. they're, they're comparing what I don't even know is a real thing to that. Right. It blew my mind. Um, I think, so my dad, my dad is dead, but it's, it is interesting to think about him being like, I remember when Trump was on the campaign trail and going down to the Ozarks to visit my parents, and we had dinner. And uh, my dad said, if Trump doesn't win, you're going to start to see in, like, elderly, like, death camps. So Obama, something with health care and, like, maybe taking Social Security. I, I can't remember what it was, essentially, but he was like, Obama's going to, you know, you're going to end up in a, you know, you're going to see people in, in the streets, and you're going to see people in, in uh, death camps. Because, oh, I think it was something around, like, Obama, when it came to some kind of medical policy, seniors were excluded. And was it because he was trying to get Medicare for all and old people were on Medicare? Maybe, maybe. 
I think that might have been it. And so it, then it, to make room in the budget, you're just going to kill the old people. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, this is so, you could be right. I just don't. I just remember like here, like it was. It was not. I never listened to his reasoning. It was more the conclusions and like the 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 picture he painted that was like you know the the oh imagine the world yeah and that's because of this and I'm like oh yeah or well, what like what the fuck are you talking about like <laughs> you're insane you're completely insane. And, and did he actually believe that? Um, or do you think he was just spitballing and kind of being grandiose? I I think when it came down to it, he did not believe it. Because I think it's easy to believe, it's easy to believe a piece of something mm-hmm. that is like, you know, a cornerstone of some big thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if I looked into all of the QAnon stuff, yeah. there might be little snippets of it right. that correlate really strongly with reality. Right. And those are the anchors that bind the whole yeah. thing in people's minds. Yeah. But then there's all the other bullshit. Right. Like, so maybe there was a part of that that was his anchor, and then the rest was just some mental bullshit he made around it. Right. That, and I think people are kind of aware well, but, of that, But this, too. this all kind of is embedded in a higher <coughs> narrative, or like a broader narrative, and that is Obama was out to destroy America. And it's like... It, I look at how he... I don't know if you've seen online those, those images of how presidents look before when they start yeah after. the one of obama was nuts is insane like he looks like decades older yeah he looked 20 years older yeah and um i'm like this motherfucker doesn't have time to worry about destroying america he needs to keep his reputation clean by just doing what people want like you know and the thing is you see people like elizabeth warren and, and bernie sanders who who i think are a little I think Elizabeth Warren's not... I don't think she's genuine. I think Bernie's genuine and also a little too much. But, like... Or maybe a lot too much. But anyway... Um, Which I like because I... It's authenticity. I believe he is who he shows himself yeah, to I be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but I think that... Uh, Which I also believe Trump is who he shows himself to be. Yes. Like, that's another benefit for Trump is he, he was authentic. And then you right. look at someone like Hillary... I don't think she let, is who she should. Let herself. me just Sorry. hold on. So let me just finish this thought, and that is, I was trying to articulate what I'm trying to say about Obama, and that is, he didn't have time to destroy America. The guy's more worried about getting reelected. Everyone's more worried about getting reelected. You are assigning so much like ideological uh, grit and like intensity and desire and and like vision to these people. They just want to get reelected. Why do you keep going like, or oh, they're out to completely dismiss? Like, give me a break. Everyone is out for themselves. And we assign these lofty, like, stupid. And, like, I always would say to my dad, like, no, no. Like, the dude's out to get reelected. You think there's going to be a turn? Like, please, just please, please, please. And and if anyone, I don't know, I would say that on both sides, if anyone's insane, it's these, like, people who are wrapped in these narratives, like, either... Every every Democrat is out to completely destroy, you know, something, or every conservative is just the most bottom-of-the-barrel racist. And, and it's just like, those are things we tell ourselves so that we can frame the, inf- the information insanity that we see. Yeah. That's it. Like, that. don't think too much about that, and don't assign all this. People, people, like, to, people like to think and see themselves in grandiose terms. Um, like... Almost every generation thinks there's going to be some sort of world-ending calamity. Yeah. And it's been that way forever. Right. Because, well, 
I'm alive, so right. this must be the most important time ever. Right. So something big is going to happen. Right. No, it's just you're you're, you're just a person. The, I'm well, just a person. We're all just people. There's this. There's this. And uh, shit's going to go on after we die. There's this guy I listen to uh, named Nick Huber, and um, he's like, he essentially is this guy who's like, I'm tired of listening to people my age. He's in mid thirties, and he's like, I'm tired to. I'm tired of listening to people my age be like, I'm going to start a business. How do I get it to be a unicorn? Like, how do I get it to be? And he's like, it's not going to be. It's not going to be like, get it, do something that makes $100 an hour and then do that for five years. Then buy some real estate or do something like invest. Like, he's like, I see so many people give up on on an idea or, or, or they go down a different path because they're like, oh, I'm not going to be like the next Facebook. You don't need to be the next Facebook. Like, just, like, if you, it, it, it's all this, it's all this stuff that, like, and I guess what I'm saying is, like, even with our jobs and our, our futures, we go, like, oh, am I going to be the best designer in the world? No, you don't need to be. Like, why are you worried about that? Like, you know, it's, it's these, it's our, there's some narrative in our minds. We're all caught up in it, and it's, like, reality never matches, and we're, like, uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm a failure then. It's like, no, you need to lower your expectations. Yeah, like, I remember when I was younger, and I used to be really big into certain video games. I'd spend hundreds of hours on them, uh, and I would be able to convince myself, like, oh, if I tried really hard, I could be one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, it's like, I never could have been. Yeah. I, I never could have been. Right. It's just, it's not in me. Well, and the thing is, is I think... And that's that, okay. I, absolutely. And I think the people that are like, oh, I'm going to be the best ever, are people who aren't thinking about being the best ever. They're just doing, just doing it. Yeah, they're doing it, and they're not. They're like, I'm going to make this as good as I can, and they keep doing that, and they keep doing that, and they keep doing that, and they focus, and they focus, and they focus, and it's like most of us are just, you know, like start a company, go do it. It's Yep, you're probably not going to be Facebook. A lot of stars had to align for all that to happen. Um, yeah, and, that's why there's only one Facebook. Right, and, and the thing is I, I've... I've been on some in on some VC conversations and like you don't want to be you sir or whoever doesn't want to be you don't want to own a company okay it is a very very like we look at Bezos or Musk or whoever not only are those guys sociopathic they also spend all of their time doing what they're doing all of their time yeah and we're sort of on a different wave or a different channel in this conversation now, but like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, we all tell ourselves these, ins- like, if anyone could get inside my head, they'd hear this insanity about how, uh, you know, you're attractive, you're valuable, yeah, 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 people like you, right? All of just, that garbage, just lies, yeah, lies, absolute lies. Like I, like I'm, I'm worth. <laughs> I have, my family I have, loves me. Right, my family. My loves wife me. loves me. Right, I, have, <laughs> I just have basic worth, self worth. <laughs> um, yeah, all of those things, and uh, we have to quit it. Like the, I, and this is some some more shit I read. I need to quit. I need to get off the internet. Like, period. It's just not helping me. Like, I literally there are days where I'm like, I either forget what I was searching for, or I'm like, uh, what was it? Like I can't remember where I heard this, or maybe I read it, or did I see it, or did I? Was it someone? Something? Was <laughs> Go it some, on. Was it something someone said, or like? There's just like a million different ways to get to forget something now, and I don't feel like it was this way ten years ago. I don't feel like I was this. this I crazy. that's the reason I've com- I've completely quit so social media. 
I don't have Twitter. I don't have. I do have a Facebook, but I literally never use it. Mm. Don't have an Instagram. Don't have a Snapchat or mm-hmm. whatever the kids are using nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel. I don't have TikTok, and I feel like I'm not missing anything. Yeah. No, you're probably gaining. You're probably gaining because. Like, there's been a couple times where I'll want to, like, talk to one of my cousins, mm-hmm. and I don't have their phone number, so I'll go on Facebook, and I'll message them or something. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, hey, look at what this person said. And mm-hmm. I'll look, I'll get angry, mm. either at what they said or what someone responded to them about. Got it. It's like, this isn't good. Yeah. This isn't helpful. Yeah. And even if I wanted to try to have a productive conversation with them, Facebook is not the right fucking platform to have that. Like, you're never going to have a productive conversation on right. that platform. It's not designed for that. Right. It's designed for thumbs down or thumbs up. Like, yeah. I'm on your team or fuck you. Right. And that, that maybe this, maybe Facebook is the narrative we want to tell ourselves. And so, and so Facebook is really the interface between the narrative that we tell ourselves about ourselves and the reality of ourselves. One of the other reasons, uh, and I mean, this is an old study, but I remember there was some scientists were looking into correlations between like mental health and depression and use of Facebook. And they found very strong correlation that the more you use Facebook, the more depressed you are. Mm. And some of the theories they had were like people post their happiest moments and their best pictures and all the great things going on to Facebook. They don't post, Oh, Ryan got really drunk last night and shit his pants. And I had to spend hours cleaning it up. Yeah. You know, they don't post that. They post your family pictures or adorable photos of your kids. And then if you're ever feeling down, you're like, oh, they look so fucking happy. Why am I not that happy? And everyone you see on Facebook is like that. I wonder if it's, I wonder if there is, if it's correlation or causation, though. Exactly. It could be. That's why I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but there is absolutely a trend between usage and depression yeah and that was just their idea of well it would probably be it would probably be have to be a long longitudinal study where they they see like someone who says they're depressed and they start using facebook or you know that's when you start to track it and Mm. do they get more depressed do they use it because they're depressed or do they get less depressed right um yeah do they use it because they're depressed and uh yeah I, i think which also could be absolutely possible like yeah Maybe that's kind of the black hole you get sucked into well, when you feel depressed. I had a buddy who said, like, I remember I was on Facebook at work and I was checking something and I, it was something political and I just was like, got pissed off and closed the tab. And he's like, he's like, I quit that shit a long time ago. I'm like, oh, why'd you quit it? And he's like, I just realized, like, he's like, actually, I'll ask you this question. Are you better or worse after logging off Facebook? Do you feel better or worse? I'm like, always worse. And he's like, then it's an equation, literally. He's like, enough times I feel worse, I'm going to get off. Like, um, Yeah, I think I'm about to quit listening to NPR because of that uh, equation. Uh, and it, it's it's like, I don't know, maybe, you're, maybe we're not meant for this stuff. You know, this amount of people talking at us. And, or like, I think we're meant for in-person context. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're totally right with the, the stories thing, which is the only real thing Jordan Peterson talks about I agree with, mm-hmm. is that stories are the way humans communicate. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe change that. Hum- stories are the best way humans can communicate. Mm-hmm. If you want to share an idea with someone, you tell them a story. Mm-hmm. If you just tell someone a fact, they might understand it and be able to use it, but it will not have the same emotional and psychological impact that a well-crafted story will mm-hmm. of implanting those into your psyche. Right. Like, well-made stories are so powerful. And... Maybe the other issue with the news is, and like, again, to give, I don't hate NPR. It just, they, they make me upset sometimes. Yeah. Like 
to give NPR credit of all the news sources, I think they try the hardest to be unbiased. I still think well, they are biased, unbiased, but I think they try really hard not to be. Yeah. Um, but everything's so fucking complicated that if you, and I've even thought like, well, why does no one just make a perfectly un- unbiased news network? It's because it's not possible. Mm. You would need to have every story take like 10 hours of in-depth conversation with experts. And mm. no one has that time. Yeah. Because like everything, if you drill down, gets so nuanced and complex. That yeah. It's just, it, it's nuts. Right. Like any issue socially or economically can get so complex. Right. With all different causes and factors and issues yeah. and dynamics. Yeah. Well, on different levels too. Like I remember being obsessed and arguing with people about national politics and local politics uh, is right next to me. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I haven't even been paying attention to this. Like, yeah. And it, I have no idea what's going on in my city. Right. Yeah. And that but, impacts me way but more. You, but you have a really, really strong opinion about whatever, but nationally. Yeah. Right? That's the, it's like, the city has the most impact on your day to day life. Oh my god! And yeah. people don't pay a fucking bit of well, attention. County, to County, city, yeah, county, yeah. state. Yep. Like those, those impact you way more than federal. Yeah. But yep. people, people pay way less attention. Oh to yeah. this, which is mind boggling. Right. And, um, and well, and I'm guilty of it too. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like I don't pay much attention to news anymore. Is our our collective mind is so distracted and hysterical um that we're gonna lose i feel like we are gonna lose hold of just what's right in front of us i would 100 percent agree with hysterical yeah. yeah and like you know i have i have people in my family who are just like how you know are, i'll be arguing with someone about some something that alexandria ocasio-cortez said or that ted cruz said and it's like they're like, how is that helping you make more money every year? How is that helping you up your skills? How is that helping you take care of your family? Like, and how does how does one dumb senator, whether you know Democratic or conservative, have a huge impact on us? Right. I will find a way to argue with the person who's trying to make me more like trying to be like, why the hell do you even care about this? Like national politics, and I'll be like, well. When and I'll argue my way up to make a connecting point with that, that that I really just want to not look stupid, but like the reality is I end up looking stupid because I'm not taking care of what's right in front of me, um, and so and like it is important to care about national politics, right? But the level of caring should be equal to the amount of impact you have. Agreed. And. The amount of impact we have on a national scale is, you know, one over the number of people who voted in that election. Mm-hmm. That's how much impact you had. Yeah. Versus your local elections, it's one over the amount of people in your local election, which right. is way fucking less. Right. Doesn't matter where you are in the country, it's way fucking right. less. Right. And um, I'll be honest, like, uh, from when you ch- when you read a ballot, I know the first couple. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know flip states. The page, you'd be like, I don't know. I know like, federal and state. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like director of agriculture. Yeah, it's like who has the coolest name? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who has the coolest name? Henry Corn. That <laughs> seems like a shoe in. He was born for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Hank Corn, a uh, Lloyd Beans, Peter Alfalfa. Yeah, Pete. <laughs> oh Pete, oh Pete Hay, Pete Hay. Oh shit! President of agriculture of the world. Of, 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 you mean God? 
Old McDonald had a world. Had a world, yeah. <clears throat> Old McDonald had a world. That's the disclaimer at the end of the... Um, I have another topic if you don't. Yeah, man, go for do, it. Do you have anything? I mean, have we, have we found some juice in, in your brain? Um, yeah. Is there any face juice? Face juice on my... For, from your brain. From my brain. That you would like face. to share. Um, not, not really. No. Oh, not really. Um, okay, so I just watched the Operation Varsity Blues documentary. Oh, God. Ha- have you watched that? Operation Varsity Blues? Yeah. No. It's, it's the college admission scandal. Because <coughs> I think Operation Varsity Blues was the name of the actual FBI. Aunt Becky? Yeah, um, Tori Laughlin or whatever. Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin, yeah. 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 Okay. Which there was like 60 other people as well. Was there? Yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, the whole thing made me angry, as Uh, as most things do. Yep. And this is the reason. Although that was a problem, that's like 1% of the problem with colleges. And I'm glad Mm. they had like one Mm. guy on there who's like, this isn't Singer's fault. He is just abusing a broken system. The problem is that this is the system colleges have set up for years. Who's Singer? Uh, as Robert or Bob Singer was the guy who created these side doors into these Ivy League colleges by getting kids onto niche sports teams. So it was oh. like, oh, uh, let's say your son does water polo. He doesn't. Well, take a picture of him in a pool playing water polo. Whoa. And then I have a connection with the coach and he'll get right in. Because when it comes to admissions, coaches have the final say and they can just get right in. They don't oh need to go through God. an admission board. Whereas the traditional backdoor is you could donate, you know, 500 million bucks to Harvard and then you still have to get approved by the board. Mm. You know, it just might, might make a difference. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Um, is it, is it Robert Singer or Bob Singer? Robert Singer. Okay. Yeah. So he basically just took advantage of this. He would take, you know, 500,000, $600,000 from a parent. He'd give a slice of that to the coach and any other administrators who were involved. And he would get, get these rich families, kids into colleges. And they basically exposed this guy and uh, all the parents involved. So he he wasn't just affiliated with one college. No, he was affiliated with a couple, like mm. Princeton, Yale, Harvard. There's a couple others as well. UCLA, like any of the schools that are like top fifteen, hard to get in. Yeah. Um. He he basically embedded himself with those. Unlike you know the rowing team, the water polo team, lacrosse. Right. Like not football, basketball. You know. Right. It's kind of the niche sports. That don't okay. don't that don't have as many people vying for them. Don't get as much funding. So if he you know was giving money to the coach for the program, yep. Hey, maybe you have room on spot for one or two people. First of all, this is great. Like I I think this is a real. It's a real. I don't know. I want I want esoteric sports to get more noticed. Um, <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, another thing is is because um, you know what? As a country, we need to take more sports more seriously. Right. More, well, the thing is distribution. So let's take some of the like, let's take some people from football. Let's watch less football, watch more water polo. Yeah, I would watch it. Have you ever heard of testicular torsion? Yeah. It happens in polo. Yeah, I, that, that can happen from anything. Testicles get turned around. That's a thing. That but that happens. can happen from anything. That can happen in football. Uh, it's more likely to happen in polo, water polo, because it's under the water. They, okay. You know, a flick of the wrists. Yeah, they're, they're floating around, you know. <laughs> right. They're, you know, they're, they're, maybe a vortex goes right. swirling by. Hoosh! Twist your old nuts Right. Old, old, uh, there's a guy named... Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Billy Wrist 
uh, Jackson that would... Um, oh, he got too close to the net? Oh, Willie Wrist Jackson got him with the old torsion. Billy. Billy. I'm sorry, I'm they don't the know name the torsion. The torsion is like, is like un- they, they don't say like, oh, you know... Oh, he got torted. Oh, he got torted. You're obviously not taking this very seriously. No, you're not either. Touche. But yeah, I don't know. It just... Because they had one guy on there who was like, we need to blame the colleges. Because then he started describing the system of um, how colleges reduce the number of people they take in to make themselves seem... Um, well, to actually create scarcity so they can increase the prices, yeah, and become more prestigious by taking in less students. Right. And it's basically a racket. Right. It, it's nuts. And it's right. and the quality of education from those top-tier schools versus a local school is minuscule. Right. The quality of education is not that much better. Right. It's just the name and prestige, which means fucking nothing. Um, I literally know... I've worked with a guy who's worked with Harvard graduates you know, 25, 26, and he's like, they couldn't problem-solve themselves out of a paper bag. Like, they could, they have... And that's probably have, not all of they them. They have protocols, right? They have... They, they, it's just as far as, like, they are... These schools prime you to... And, of course, I haven't gone to one, but these schools prime you to give the right answer to the right question. But if you don't know what question to ask... Like, the starting thing is, what question do you want answered? And a lot of times it's... You know, you've got someone going, oh, well, this is the, obviously the question we need to start asking. Well, it's like, well, let's investigate a little further. Like, how do we, how do you know that's the question? Oh, well, that's, I've th- I thought about it very deeply. This, well, this, this could just be a me thing, but I think a problem we have with, with education in general is people mistake knowledge for intelligence. Yeah. If, if you can memorize an encyclopedia, that does not mean you're a smart person. Right. If you can name me all the facts, all the different things, it doesn't mean you're smart. Right. If you're able to solve problems in real time, dynamically, you are intelligent. Intelligence is problem solving. Mm-hmm. Schools need to teach you how to problem solve in right. whatever the area of specialty is. Right. That's all they should do. Like, uh, so whenever you, like, in. in but in, I mean, in, that in, isn't all they should do. The thing is, that no, we, it is. We, we, no, that's your opinion of what schools should do. That, that, is, that is something that you, in your mind, thinks that schools should do. I think that people think... No, I don't know what I think schools should do. <laughs> I think that people think schools are a, a, a place that I pay so that I get a document so I can have well A better job. Yeah, better it is. Life. Yeah, Right. It's not about getting an education, whatever right. that means. It's, it's just about since, oh, I went to... Just saying I went to Harvard's like, oh. Yeah. Wow. I, I was taught in, in my life... I was the, my, my dad went to college. My mom did not. I was essentially taught if I didn't, if I didn't go to college, I might as well have terminal cancer and die. <laughs> like that was the weight of like college on me. Yeah, did, did you did you get a four year? Yeah, and like, what what did you get your degree in? Design. Design. Yeah, and so it's it's the kind of thing where like you you wait like I don't know exactly how to explain it, but like you spend four years. In theater, it's theater. I I got a, a two year tech degree. Yeah, which took me about nineteen months. Yeah, and I was making as much starting as a four year degree would make starting. Right, because the idiot. company knew. And you're an idiot. Yeah, and I'm an idiot. Yeah, because the company knew that I was better trained than the four years. I just didn't have all the extra fluff. Right. So like, uh, you wouldn't believe how much stuff like I get into college, and I thought I thought so. I got into school, and I was like, 
oh, the college experience. I've seen Road Trip. I've seen Harvard. What was this? Was that one of the movies? Was it called like <laughs> Harvard College or something like that? I like, don't know. It was Tom Green movie. Um, and uh, like, this is awesome. Can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Great movie. Great movie. And um, I'm going to go through the college experience. And so you show up and you take classes that are like, <laughs> I don't know. Of $300 a credit? Fine. That's fine. What is it? Um, li- history of literature? Makes sense. This makes sense. I'm good. This is very practical. I'm going to be a computer programmer. Right. I need to learn Spanish. Right. And so you have, you have, and you don't question it. And, and the advisors are inside. They're inside traders. They're like, oh, well, you really need to do this and this and this. And it's like, they're incentivized to do that. Like tell you that you need to do all this stuff. Um, and it is, it's something that like, once you get to the last two years, probably you are finally into your like yep. focus. I, I, I've actually heard um, that, like, uh, a medical doctor in the UK has four years of school. Okay. Whereas medical doctor in the US has eight years. Yeah. And basically, the last four years in the US are the same as the last four years in the UK. Oh. They just get rid of the first kind of four years of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think if you want to specialize, there's another four years. Okay. I don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, like, it, it, ultimately, you're going, I don't know. I don't know what the future of education is like you know, when, you know, YouTube University rolls out and uh, they start administering their, you know, first credits. But I, I'm seeing... Do you actually think that that'll be a thing? Maybe. Because you say it is a joke, but I mean... No, it could, yeah. I, I, I use YouTube a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that you'll have to... Like, as a designer, I'm surprised that there aren't more companies that do design challenges. Like, show me that you can do stuff real time. You know, like, I mean, it's like a coding exercise. Yeah, exactly. Do a coding exercise. Yeah. Uh, And and, and there's been a... um, Solve uh, this problem, and let's let's see how you think through it. And and there's been, like, this blowback in the design community, and I want to say it's just in the blogosphere, that's like, (coughs) don't do work for free. Don't, like, someone's going to ask you to solve a design problem, don't do it. It's free work. It's free. You're doing free work. And it's like, I spend a day and I get a job, like, I'm not. That's fine, and like, and if if the problem can be solved by you in one day, yeah, then yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, and and then also like, it's not really I'm not solving the problem. I'm showing them how I think through something. Yeah, like that's that's what that is, and I think they're like you were saying. There's real time problem solving and you know sort of active active critical thinking demonstrated is something that schools are so like. I, I could I can tell you the entire history of sequential art because I took an entire class on the, the from from the Egyptian hieroglyphs up to uh, graphic novels today. Do it. Yeah, go on. Um, Five. You have thirty seconds. Right now. So. Yeah. Right. Uh, like it, but I can't. I, I I wasn't drawing anything. I wasn't actually making any sequential art in the class. It's just the history of sequential art. And you have to, like, I think we should go back to the guild system. <laughs> I have a friend who got a master's in music theory. Oh, Jesus. And she works in a call center. Really? Yeah. Because, like, what job can you get with that? You're either, like, a private tutor or you work at a college. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to work at, like, a grade school music program, but then you're, like, way overqualified. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. 
Uh, like it's weird that degrees can exist without the demand. You they know mean, I mean nothing, but this is also a collusion between colleges and and businesses. Yeah. Okay. Like college, it's not just like Harvard is a feeder school for investment banking mm-hmm. or what. Like it, it's there is there is unquestionably an or elite, certain law firms. I think there's unquestionably an elite class in this country that is thinks they make the best possible decisions and that we just need to listen to them, okay? And they're the ones who have administered and orchestrated our response to COVID and all the things that have cascaded from that. And essentially, I think, I, I hope that the next decade is removing ourselves a little bit from relying too heavily on experts. I think experts are good in some places, but to say, oh, I'm an expert, and oh, okay, I'll, I'll let you take this one. Like, I, I think that is um, that is anti-democratic. Like, I think it's something where, like, you you rely on these people who have higher degrees than you or better degree, or degrees from better schools um, to give you a sense that, you know, you're, you know, and I guess I don't know exactly what situation this would be, but it's like, you know, it's uh, it's bullshit. You kind of lost me on the don't trust experts point. Um, I, I think so. Like, I I think I think there's being skeptical. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, okay, okay. Sure. and maybe yep. getting a second opinion. Yep. But I think experts are important, and I think a lack of trust of experts is one of the reasons we're in the predicament we're in, mm. with conspiracy theories and distrust of vaccines, and not wanting to wear a mask, and just not believing general consensus of scientific facts, mm-hmm. is that, oh, I don't trust that guy. Um, yeah, and I think it's also a, an epidemic of, of, like, a lack of nuanced thinking. Like, if you think about it, okay, just because I see a meme of a bunch of people standing in line in an airport, six feet apart, and then getting on a plane, and they're all crammed together, and they're all wearing masks, and allegedly there's, you know, this is a continuity of, of precaution, right? Um, the reality is, is that's not a continuity of precaution. You're, you're social distancing here and you're cramming yourself into a tin can that's going to go into the sky. Maybe the and plane has a better air filtration system with more airflow. Could be, right. But the, my point is, is that people see that and then go, we don't need masks. This is ridiculous. And it's like, no, masks are good sometimes. Masks are fine. And in fact, if you think about it, I'd rather wear a mask than be in a lockdown completely. I want to go to a restaurant. Absolutely. I want to go to do this. I want to go do that. Like, uh, you know, if I went to a concert, I'd probably be a little more weary about getting into a mosh pit. But at the same time, like, I'll wear a mask. I have no problem with that. Um, but that doesn't mean masks don't need to exist. And that's the thing is that I think we are, we are fundamentally binary. Our reaction is to be binary. Masks are stupid, or masks are, are, are God. And it's like, no, they're in between. Like, there's different situations, right? There's different uses. Masks are extremely useful. I mean, I feel like we should start wearing them all the time now, like they do in a lot of the Asian countries. Yeah. I, I Whenever you're that. in public. Because yeah. it's yeah. just... I like, like it. I man, like the, I, I haven't gotten the flu. Right. I haven't, I haven't gotten, gotten the flu a, in yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten a cold. Yeah. I, I got one cold. Yeah, I've gotten, like, go. one cold. That's it's, a lie. You should never wear a mask. Because they're obviously... <laughs> I got effective. it from my daughter. You didn't get COVID, did you? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Daughter had it, wife had it, I didn't get it. We yeah. talked about that. We talked about it on here? Yes. Well, I'm sorry, I forgot. Remember we yeah. had the big two-week hiatus and we explained why? 
Hiatus. Hiatus. That's it's got to be word. a Japanese word. <laughs> or maybe, uh, you think it's Latin? Uh, Coach hiatus. is on it. Coach is on it. Hiatus. Hiatus. Uh, hiatus. Uh, hiatus. Could you be any slower? Um, Latin. 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 Boom. Most, most English words are derived from Latin. Yeah. Um, we're only an hour in. A lot of gaps. We got a little time. A little time, Coach. A little time. A little time, Coach. Best Nick Cage movie. I haven't seen all of them, but um, so there's a couple. There's a couple. Weatherman. That's a movie. Wicker Man. The Weatherman. Oh. Yeah, Nick Cage movie. It's my favorite of his. Yeah. Uh, you guys not seen that? I think Con Air. Con Air was my. I, it was between that and Con Air. Oh damn it! Sixty. Uh, six, gone in sixty seconds. He's incredible. Had so many bad movies. He's. Lord of War wasn't that good. Leaving Las Vegas, he drinks himself to death. Man, yeah, I like yeah, I like Crude's. National Treasure was eh, it was okay. Maybe I'm thinking of Family Man. Was 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 he a weatherman in that? To search for Nick Cage weatherman. Oh, eight millimeter. Um, there is a fantastic for those listening. There is so many. There is a fantastic video of Nick. If you if you type into YouTube, Nick Cage losing his shit. It is just cuts of him. Yeah, the weatherman. Out. Yeah, I was right. Face off, also. Ah, uh, face off was, face off was like one of those movies face. that was so bad yeah. that it was good. And honestly, when you put Nick Cage next to Travolta, you're like, Nick Cage isn't a bad actor. Ah, uh, you think Travolta's bad? Oh, he's terrible. Is he? Oh, yeah. I follow him on Instagram, and I'm just like, I, dude. You are the most robotic person I've ever seen. No, I'm not saying I don't like the movie. Yeah. It, it was a very entertaining movie. The Rock. The Rock was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I'm the last one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you guys haven't watched The Weatherman, it's it's a solid movie. I it's See, the thing good. is, dude, you're getting this all wrong, okay? There was an episode. Did you ever watch Pete and Pete? Yeah. Okay. There's an episode where Artie, I think is what it was. Artie was the superhero guy that was like, <laughs> Do you remember him? It's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, been a long time. Well, uh, hey, I'm Lardy. I'm here to, like, he was He was just always in tights, and they were like, hey, Artie, what's the best way to eat um, barbecue chicken? And he would, like, sit down, and they tested him. They were like, eat this chicken, you know, and and uh, eat this the best way you can. And he'd be like, oh, okay. And then he, like, ate it, and there wasn't a stain on him, like nothing. And they were like, Artie, you missed the point, like, it's meant to get messy. Barbecue chickens, it's meant to get all over your fingers and all over your face. So it's okay. You're just, you know, and like, but the thing is, is when I watch a Nick Cage movie, I'm not watching it for how good it is. I want unfettered garbage. I know, I know, I know. And that's why when you say good, yeah, I factor in, like, because Con Air, although it's entertaining, it's not really a great movie. No, not at all. Right, but it, it was still number two in my mind. Yeah. But like I, th- I actually really liked the Weatherman, and it's still Nick Cage. Okay, I'll have to watch that one. He's had a hell of a career, and he's is he broke? Ghost Rider was so terrible. Was it? Oh my god, my dad thought it was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't finish. Oh it. shit! I want to start it. Oh, how do we get? How do we capture boomer men watching really shitty C- movies? Yes, yeah, C level movies. <laughs> uh, 
25 million. Oh, okay. Not That's bad. Way less than you would. He expect. could have look up look up no look up Keanu Reeves' net worth. I can never get his first name right. I know. It's because you don't like Pacific Islanders. K K E A N U. Holy shit. Yeah. I know, right? Like, well, and he he also gives a lot of the money back to the staff too. Three hundred, uh, yeah. So Nick Cage's net worth is twenty five million, and uh, Keanu Reeves is uh, ringing in at a uh, three hundred and sixty million. Wait, top five, like, highest no. rated? Five rated Ron Tomato movies. Oh, Face Off. Yeah, we, we, we cheated. We saw Face Off. I would say National Treasure. <laughs> face Off. Face Off is number three. The Rock. Oh. Um, the Rock is not, not even top ten. Really? Con Air? Top 15. Not even top 15. Con Air is not even top 20. Con Air is not even top 20. Lord top of War. one, Moonstruck. Lord of War is not even in the top 20. Moonstruck. Okay. I never see that one. Um, and then the number one. Just show us the list. Pushover. You're a pushover coach. I already gave all my guesses. Uh, number one. I don't. I've never oh, seen. Oh, Red that. Rock West. I've never seen Red Rock. I've never seen Moonstruck. I've never seen Adaptation. I did like Leaving Las Vegas. Oh my God, Adaptation was incredible. Leaving Las Vegas, I did not understand at all. It's based on a book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Cohen's bro- Cohen Brothers. Damn it. I got to do this now. I'm sorry. All right. I got to go. You're going to go watch all of Nick Cage's yeah, yeah. filmology for top the rest five. of the weekend? Probably top five. Red Rock West. Right. Predator versus Nick Cage's entire movies. Wait, I'd have to choose one? Yeah. <sighs> that doesn't even, like... I'd pick Nick Cage. Um, Predator, for sure. You would give up all of Nick Cage's movies just to keep... That's big. That's big. Just I know. Yeah. I'm at that point where I'm, I, like, I've seen Predator enough times that like I can pretty much quote the entire thing. But well, there's not that much dialogue. <laughs> it's not that hard. If you count the screaming, uh, if you count the screaming, <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to make a valid point here. Uh-huh. Listen, you think it's easy to memorize the screams? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, some some uh, some great trivia from that. Did I tell you about the uh, Sonny, the, or he plays Billy in the movie, the Indian Native American guy, uh, who's like, you know, they're like, Billy, what's got you so spooked, man? And he's like, you, he's like, I'm afraid, Poncho. Poncho's like, bullshit, you ain't afraid of no man. And Billy's like, there's something out there, and it ain't no man. We're all gonna die. That, that, that scene. Okay, so that guy, Billy... He was, his name's Sonny Landon. He's, uh, uh... By the way, the fact now. that you think a movie with that dialogue is so great is mind-boggling. Because no, that just, dialogue it, is so bad. There's gravity to it. No, it's... It, it, if you, if you, if you look at, if you look at a movie, if you look at a movie solely by its, it's, it's dialogue, it's, it, it's the thing is, is I, c- I could look at a bunch of Facebook posts and it doesn't, you know, it's like, it's, it's text, it's writing, mm, it's, mm. it's the situation, mm. it's, the, it's the people mm. involved, it's the scenery, mm. man, it's the, it's the plot. Mm, yeah, Predator um, has a really deep and hard-to-follow plot. Like, well, it's, it's, about the, it's about the constant struggle between men and uh, climate change. And man and climate change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Predator was the embodiment of so man-made climate is, change. So the the whole reason Predator was there is because it was hot. <laughs> and uh, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing here? We're just 
making the earth warmer so it can be taken over by predators. Yeah. So anyway, he uh, dead now. Oh man, he died. Yeah. Uh, so he um, uh, they had a full time security staff following him around, and it was to protect the other cat, the rest of the cast from him. Trivia. 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 Why? Uh, I guess he was a nut job. Today I learned that during the filming of Predator, a bodyguard was hired for Sonny Landham. Not for his personal protection, but because the film's insurance company worried for the safety of the cast and him around. <laughs> he was a madman. And I'm sure they had, you know, they had Arnold there and Carl Weathers. And so it's like, oh, my God, dude, this is the best description of Predator I've ever I've ever seen. Predator is a movie about men's retreat. I'll group. read it because you have our time. reading. Okay, OK, OK. Predator is a movie about a men's retreat group going into the jungle to escape women and discover themselves. They are attacked uh-huh. by a vagina mouth monster and must fight it off. A metaphor for coming to terms with their fear of the vagina. It is characterized as disgusting, foreign, alien, hard to see, and vicious. Stemming from their latent homosexuality, this is why Dutch, who sucks on phallic cigars, engages in hand-holding with Dylan, and checks out the general in the beginning of the movie, survives. He is most in touch with his homosexuality, while the rest <laughs> fight against it and lose. Additionally, you will notice that there is exactly one female speaking role, and nobody shows any sexual interest in her. Also, one of the characters makes it a, makes a couple jokes about women with large vaginas, further illustrating his <laughs> disinterest in the vagina in comparison to the tightness of the anus. <laughs> oh uh, my god! That is Predator. That's somebody. It. That's somebody it. Somebody needs a job. That is why fantastic. because that's so good. Yeah. Like as an like an analyst or something. I don't know. That's great. Holy crap. Okay, well, next I feel, time. I feel like I've learned something. This has been a very informative episode. This is insane. Yeah, this is probably our best episode. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we finally know what Predator was about. Okay, comrades. Till next time, Gabi. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to the Two Idiots podcast. Uh, make sure to like, comment, and what else? shoot it out of a cannon I uh bash it like drag it through the mud I, I don't know you do what you want with it okay look it up it's fun it's we try to have fun here new episodes every Thursday new episodes every minute of every Thursday every day one of the minutes one hundred percent every Thursday one hundred percent of one of the minutes every Thursday 100%. thanks bye <laughs>